The Cost Camps Coaches Show, Episode 36. Coaches, welcome to the Cost Camps Coaches Show. Today's guest is Coach Jerry Janchik. Coach Janchik is the head football coach at Century York High School. He began his coaching career 39 years ago. He was the head football coach at Perth Amboy High School in New, in New Jersey. Um, from there, uh, he kind of bounced around New Jersey a little bit, and then he was the head football coach at the Pocono Mountain High School before they split up. Um, he was there for three years and then came to CD East in 1999, uh, became the head coach at Lebanon High School in 2006, and then started his career at uh, or started, started coaching at Central York during the 2020 season. Coach Janchik, welcome to the show. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Coach Janchik has an, it's a, I guess a very unique and a, a very, something that piqued my interest. Um, a, a guy that I'm coaching with right now, coach with Coach Janchik at CD East. And he told me that uh, you guys ran the triple option. And I was really surprised by that because you were one of the first guys that I knew to run the air raid, which everybody's doing. I'm, I mean, you, you see it in the NFL now. You know, a lot of teams in uh, college ball are going with the uh, the air raid. So, Coach, I mean, talk about – can you talk about the triple option, what kind of made you change, and then talk about air raid and, and kind of go in. I'm not sure if everybody really understands what the air raid is. So if you can go into that stuff, go ahead. I will, and they are completely – completely polar opposites. <laughs> yes, they are. Um, and, and here's what happened. I, I took over at Perth Amboy. I was 25 years old and played a team by the name of Oldbridge. And at the time, they were Madison Central. And they were so talented. They won two consecutive state championships. And they were full wishbone triple option. Okay. I mean, the, the lone wide out had his hand on the ground. You know, and they just yeah, kicked right. the living snot out of everybody, and it really intrigued me. We lost twenty-five to nothing, and that was the closest game they had in two years. Okay. So I thought, wow, you know, if if you can't beat them, you know, maybe you need to join them. And I was trying to run the combination of I split backs. My background was wing T as a player, so with that, I tried to get around and learn as much triple option as as I could. So when I was at uh, my, my actually the last couple of years at Perth Amboy, we went to, you know, triple. And, but when I, when I got back here to Pennsylvania, I ran at Pocono mountain, had a very, very good option quarterback. And when I got to CD East, I was the th- third head coach in three years. And they had of course, three different offenses. So I tried to do something uh, that would give us a chance to either keep the ball away from other teams or, you know, maybe have a chance to be successful. We were zero and 10. My first year I started sophomore quarterback and, um, you know, just how bizarre it was when we played Bishop McDevitt, Cedar Cliff, and Cumberland Valley in our first three games. They were in the top five in the state. And it was just amazing to have to play, you know, teams of that level. We had no business even playing there. But the thing that made me really happy by year three, we were eight and two. We were actually eight and one and got we got upset in the uh, last game prior to what the then been like four A. Uh, with the playoffs, but we went from 0 and 10 to 8 and 2, you know, by running the option. So uh, did that for the years there. Did it the first year at uh, at Lebanon High, and we had a quarterback by the name of James Capello, 
who just could really spin it, but they were an option team. So that was one of the reasons I got lucky and got hired by them. And then uh, there's my offensive line guy and my assistant head coach, Carl Litka, who now coaches at LVC. Uh, Carl said, well, coach, it's $3,000 or $4,000 to learn this air raid offense from Tony Franklin. And I said, you know what? I was a quarterback. I like to throw. So I'm going to, I'm going to, we're going to, we're going to learn it. So what's $4,000? So we'll fundraise. We fundraised. And then we took two van fulls, four coaches and 18 kids from Perth Amboy and drove to Troy, Alabama and and uh learned it well we went to their seminar but brought our guys because i still didn't know i really no inkling of truly what i was doing with it so that was extremely helpful uh first year there with with the air raid we won three games and the following year uh we qualified for the state playoffs for the first time ever in perth or um excuse me 11 in high school history and and james threw for three thousand yards and was a big 33 quarterback so i was in once we once we learned it and then year two in it, it was really uh, a lot of fun. And so this will be my 16th year, I believe, now running it, or 15th or 16th. I don't even know. They just kind of jumbled. Yeah, actually, no, it'll be like the 16th year. But the neat part, I think we mentioned it before I jumped on your interview, is that the NFL is about 25% to 30-some percent now air raid. So when you think about how bizarre it is that you could get fired as a head coach at a Division One a school, at Texas Tech, and then go and become the head coach <laughs> of the Arizona Cardinals. That's mind-boggling for anybody that would even fathom that, that, you know, you could get fired in college and be the, the hot name for an NFL job because the NFL coaches, especially um, when that happened, really truly didn't have a great understanding of the air raid. So they started going back to the college coaches and clinicking with them to get, you know, coached up on it because it's it's fun to play in. It's a blast to coach and – um, you know, and score you score a boatload of points. So when you um, kind of pitched this to the to to your players at Lebanon, you said we're going to go, we're going to get in a van, we're going to drive a long time to learn a brand new <laughs> offense. What was the reaction from those guys? Well, they had no idea where yeah. Troy, Alabama was. Right. All they knew was Sweet Home Alabama, and they watched that show with uh, that ESPN did with Hoover, Alabama. And I told them, I kind of told them like a little made up a little bit of a lie. And I said, oh, Hoover's going to be there. Now, they did have a couple kids there. <laughs> so they all wanted to go because they wanted to compete against Hoover. Okay. Well, we didn't even know what we were doing. But we said, yeah, we'll, we'll go down there and, and do this anyway. And to the point where we almost ran out of gas. It was like 3 a.m. in the morning. And I, the last time I had purchased gas for the van, the ladies, and the, they were closing the gas station. She said, well, as long as the lights are on the pumps and you use your credit card, you could still get gas out even though everything's closed. So thank God, because we pulled up on some road and, and I hope we weren't going to get shot. And I said, we got to get gas. Or we're going to run out. And we did that <laughs> so we could make our trip. So it was a hell of a journey, but it was really cool to do it at the same time. And then how do those seminars go to, to like a guy like Tony Franklin? Does he work with your team? First, uh, he does, but he doesn't like what he does. I mean, they, you know, everything is, it's not cheap, uh, but it's the most extensive like the, every rock you could turn over to learn the offense, it's just amazing what they teach you. So the first year you forget probably 80% of it, maybe 70% of it. Right. But then as you keep going with it, it really is excellent. And then what they do is they do a call-in show every Sunday night 
kind of like this, like just talking, but Tony would talk and, and then answer questions to problems. Guys may say, well, we're running against a four, three cover two this week, Tony, what, what do you like? What, you know, from the system, what plays are best. And uh, so there's a, you know, that was extremely helpful. There's a lot of mini secrets that in the beginning were not shared by anyone. And a lot of that has to do with the screen game because the screen game is really what makes it go. Because if you're, you can stop anyone's pass game if you really just want to drop eight or you want to bring the sink. But the problem with that is if you have an a excellent screen game, you, you can't be right if you're really super blitzing. And if they're dropping it back, you can still throw it everything underneath or, you know, you could run the ball and, and still hurt people with it. So it's, it's interesting, but it's it's so much fun to to be a part of, and that's why I'm so happy that I at least had the courage to go to it. I wrote a book a couple of years ago about how mummy and uh, how he is he still is he considered the guy that made up the air raid? Is he well, it's funny that you asked that. I flew Hal in, okay. and we brought him to, to Millersville, a team camp with us to spend the three days with our team. Brought him to Philly because he's never been to Philadelphia because okay. I want him to get a cheesesteak. So, uh, you know, we brought him there, got $150 parking ticket because we parked in an incorrect spot <laughs> with the van that Carl Lickers said I could park in. So it's still a funny story. But, uh, he, yes, he is. And what he did, what he shared with me, because he's a really bright guy, of course, and very, very interesting. And, and he took a different approach because there, there wasn't anybody else doing this. But what he did do is he went to Brigham Young. Um, and he just kept studying what Lavelle Edwards was doing. So he was running the air raid there with like Robbie Bosco, that name, may, you know, may ring a, uh, a bell to some and the Dempner brothers. So they, they even won the national championship. If you remember one year, like I think they were 12 and old. eighties. Yeah. Yeah. And it was all air raid principles. So okay. what they did is he, you know, they learned it. And then when he got that opportunity to go to a division three school, and brought Leach with him for like $8,000. Leach gave up right. the opportunity. He was a, an attorney at the time, yep. and he just wanted to go into coaching. But, you know, it. thank goodness they did because I don't really don't think we would have the air raid to this extent, um, you know, because once Coach uh, Edwards retired to bring him young, they didn't run it anymore. And, you know, so Hal took off of that and went to Valdosta State where they had the success. And then, you know, out, out of like just – Pure luck, Kentucky, which is a, a real risk for anybody, but they took a shot at him from a Division II head coach. Went from a high school head coach in Texas to a Division three coach, you know, at Iowa um, Wesleyan, and then, you know, Division two, which made sense from the three to two, and then to jump into the 1A level. And they really put some points up on people in the SEC. They didn't have the talent to, to match up with them, but it's really an interesting story the whole thing as to how well, but now everyone, I mean, he's called the, the godfather, the architect of the offense, and he deserves a great deal of credit, but now everybody seems to run at the major college level, either a version of mesh or some of the plays. I mean, you watch it in the NFL and I'm going, Oh my God, like the stuff that they're doing is uh, it's stuff that we did 15 years ago. It's just bizarre that now the NFL really is, you know, embraced it because heck, they could score such great points and their hash marks are so close in the middle they've got the whole field spread out and it really is a benefit to the NFL guys. Something that surprised me uh, when I learned it. Now I do see it or, or the big splits by the offensive lineman. That was one of the thing that, the, that I guess that might've been uh, Mike Leach's idea for the big splits. What's the benefit to have it? Is that, does that create a long edge? Is that why? No, I, I here's what I <laughs> we did it for. 
we called it uh, Houston. So we made just because of the whole Texas thing, and we would put our left tackle on the left hash. And the right tackles on the right hash. Okay, I, I kid you not. Okay, that's uh, seventeen yards across. Yeah. Okay, so those splits were each about six yards. What'll happen is you can say, well, yeah, you just you, know, you pin your ears back and and you know blitz A or B gap, and you can, yeah. but you know by swinging the back by the screen game, you, you've got to be careful with it. You get one on one blocking for the most part. I mean, you could certainly run. You probably run three guys through those gaps, but we did it because I had a five foot seven quarterback at. Uh, at Lebanon, Helps and he was tremendous with drop back. Alex Troutman, he could just throw everything so well. He couldn't sprint out, which was weird for a shorter quarterback. But in the drop game, he was phenomenal. And what it did, it was like playing seven on seven. Because if you play seven on seven, I always bring a line, and coaches think I'm crazy or they think I'm foolish. But <laughs> as a former quarterback, you never throw on air. Right, you know, like in right. a game, there's all those bodies. What a difference! But essentially, it seems like that. Like you could see the crossing routes take place. You, it's it's amazing to do that. We didn't do it all the time, but we did it enough. And then if you have a decent back, then it's lethal because the holes that it opens up for a great running back with it. So yeah, you can do it. It's it's, uh, it's something that's obviously very unique. Can you talk about mesh? You mentioned mesh. Can you just talk about that for a second? Because I bet there's a, you hear it sometimes on TV, but I bet there are a lot of coaches out there that aren't sure exactly what mesh is. Mesh is really neat. The problem with it, though, and it, and it's it is the staple play of the offense. But you you've got to marry it. You can't date it. You know, like you really got to invest in it if you're going to be any good at it. And, and yeah. I really mean that. Um, Gary Goff, who I got to know, also Gary played for Hal and and Leach at Valdosta, and then he most recently was the head coach at Valdosta, and now Gary is at McNeese state in Louisiana. We talked last week. It's just funny how like you fall guys and they're, you know, they become your coaching friends. And, uh, but Gary was the best that I worked with at the routes. And the reason why he played it, he played receiver yep. in the offense. Yep. So just like a quarterback understands all the read progressions, the receivers truly know. But to answer your question on mesh, the key to mesh is you're trying to pick the inside portion with a rub route, it's not a pick because you're really there are pick plays in the offense that you can do, but it's a natural pick or a rub. So, like the traditional way is the the receiver, the inside receiver on the left, he runs his route about five yards as he's running across the field. Now he's going to drive up the field two steps, and then he's going to get across the field. Where then the inside receiver on the right side, he goes six yards. And he sets the mesh because he's looking for it to be man or zone. And so he's a guy yelling, man, 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 or zone, zone, zone. So this is where it gets a little confusing because if it's zone, the receivers, when they get over the outside shoulder of the tackles, they sit down. They just post up like a basketball player. And so that's one big part of it. But if it's man, then they continue on man or they climb and they get depth. So that's one huge part of it but it really starts off with the initial pre-snap. So if you have a great receiver that could take the top off, if you could beat someone, you're telling your quarterback and your three-step drop, if it's there, take it. And then they go, then the second read, or at least um, – uh, now, now, I'm, now I'm showing my age because I was – Lincoln Riley thing. Uh, Lincoln Riley, and I like his thought on it where I was saying before everybody has a different spin, but the way Oklahoma and now USC will do this is his thought is, okay – the high route first, regardless of what is in the second read to them, is always the play side mesh. 
So from the quarterback's progression, you reach high, play side mesh to the play side back. And then he goes back across the other way, depending on, you know, if you're in a two by two or three by one. Um, and that's, but, you know, just the, the difference. Cause if you're in, if you run, run it as if you think it's man and it's zone, you can literally get your inside receivers destroyed because right. they'll get lit up because they won't uh, see. As a matter of fact, my quarterback here from Central York on last Saturday was just in seven on seven in the Penn State blue white deal. He had they had run mesh and the receiver, it was zone. And he kept going. So both threw it behind him and he looked because he didn't stop where he should have stopped. And if he continued to throw it out from him, it would have gone 99 mm-hmm. yards the other way. Um, so it's so important, the little nuances of the play. But that's why I said about marrying it compared to dating it. It takes so much time. And there are other plays in it that you can, you know, in the air raid offense that don't, you can run the air raid net and never run the mesh play. It doesn't even have to be in your playbook and be really good at most of it because that, that particular play does take a ton of time. What is a play that's an easy play that that you don't see many offenses run? That would be an easy player to I think install. shallow, and sometimes it wasn't that mesh, and it looks just like it because with shallow, you are in. You could have any of the four receivers run it. But the interesting part about running the shallow concept is the receiver's going to run at the heels of the defensive line. Okay. And unless they're just zone dropping, which they could, of course, but they're going to, when they run that shallow route, they'll climb a little bit. So by the time the that shallow route receiver gets – Beyond the tackle on the other side, he's really about two yards, two and a half yards from the line of scrimmage. Where on mesh, they are at five and six, and they can get depleted. So, I mean, they can really get bumped around pretty good by backers in it. And there are, there are some, you know, spinoffs uh, to avoid that. But shallow is great because in seven on seven in the summer, you got linebackers dropping 30 yards down the field. I don't care what level it is. They never do that in games. So it's a great way to introduce it, but you have a hot read first. So if they blitz, you th- you know, you it's you throw the hot, and if that hot's not there, and you go to your shallow, if your shallow's not there, the guy that was running the hot, he runs a ten dig, and this is opposite of the shallow. So it's such a neat way to um, combine all of it together. So you you show your guys hot shallow dig shoot, and they just they go through that progression, and you can walk down the hall to your quarterback. What are you doing shallow? Hot shallow, dig, shoot. Hot shallow, dig, shoot. <laughs> Sounds kind of silly, but it's, it's a mindset in terms of reading the progression. That one, I, seventh graders can run that and do that really well. Well, let me, mesh, can we just break that down a little stuff. bit? So your hot read, what do you mean by that? What exactly? If you if you blitz your outside back or your yep. edge player yep. and he comes hot because maybe he's opposite the back. So if he's opposite the back, and oftentimes in this offense, that's where the blitz comes from. Okay. So the guy that runs the the back will also go to the side of the shallow. So for example, the like we'd call our inside slot to the left would be our H. Okay. So if we wanted to run H shallow, that as he comes through, the prior to that snap, the Y on the opposite side, uh, because the back will be lined up on the same side as the shallow route runner, and if they blitz opposite of that back because they know that the quarterback could get hit in the mouth they can't you can't protect them other than your line up front and if you have more guys and i can protect you can get to them but then that y receiver he runs he runs his hot slant hot read so he hits it right now if you blitz and we basically made it real simple and he just kind of sets it down so you've got him and but if they're not blitzing he continues up to 10 yards and then that's where he's going to 
uh, run his dig route. So your quarterback, and this is so the shell will will time up. So he drops, takes his three step. He's looking opposite of the shallow. So he's looking to his right because that shallow's coming from the left. Why? Again, he's looking for the blitz. The blitz doesn't come, but then by the time his eyes pick up the shallow route runner, he'll be at the right, right probably right. over the center to the place I guard. And then the timing of the throw, huh. it times up really nice. That's very interesting. You know? yeah. and, and it's, it's pretty neat because then, and so then he goes back to that same guy. It was the hot on the dig if it's not there. And then the last part of it is the backside, um, the back he slips out to the same side of where the shallow route came and then you okay. know to start it off your outside guys they're they're running clear routes they're just run. you can run a skinny post if you choose but you're clearing out whoever's playing the deep half deep third so it's a great play versus zone or man shallow as, as uh meshes but it doesn't take all the teaching you know you can really you can just rep it really easily and, and get really good at it in the summer so i think it's a great play for high school as well as it is for college and the NFL. Well, one of the things I've heard about the air raid too is it's not you. You could run the same play multiple times in a row, but you're just kind of running out of different formations, and it might look different. But you're still running the same thing for everybody. There's no really new teaching. There's not. The neat part about that is it's you're still doing everything on a concept. There are some air raid guys they don't care if it's man or zone. The way they teach their yeah. quarterback the progression, which is bizarre. Now I. You know, being a former quarterback, I want to know if it's man or zone because I think it makes the, it clears up the read for them. But they really, it, you know, and you're right, you could stack your receivers. You could run mesh out of the, you know, two by two stack. Then you can go three by one and run it. You can run, you know, bunch. You can run it out of empty, three by one, two by two. I mean, so you can do so much with, the, with pretty much every play in the offense. Um, not everyone, of course, but you, you can multiple formation and keep it as you said about as simple as it could possibly be what i once saw how mummy um it was a video of him at a clinic and he talked about the lasso drill do you guys run the i mean you go yep you, t- you do the lasso drill every day before practice yep because everything that they do it's you know they're all we're all like disciples yeah of this yeah, thing. yeah. Yep. so we just drill it and you know you get good at it like when we start up and we do our spring practice here a week from Monday. We'll go out all the all the stuff that those guys did back in the the settle and, and diamond drill. Jerry Rice actually invented. Okay, and you know so that but that took on its own. And guys that run this air raid, uh, you know, will will do that. And so those drills we do them pregame. And you know it's the same thing because it's just certain. It's really detail oriented. But what you do learn, um, you really learn the passing game and the landmarks on the field and things that uh, I didn't even I had no clue before I ran this. I mean, I, you know, I thought I had a pretty good understanding of passing the football, being a quarterback and so forth. I didn't have a clue compared to how much detail, but it's simple detail facts. It's just learning it, you know, so I would overstudy it to learn it. And now I coach in a couple all-star games. And then when I'm asking kids to, you know, restack on defensive backs and landmarks and they look at me like I'm speaking a foreign language. So I'm like, why don't they understand? It's not their fault. It's just because they weren't in a system. I wouldn't have known. Right. There's no way, you know, as a coach, I wouldn't have known, but uh, you know, there's so many things that work and, and coach, 
uh, Chortinoff, when he, so we didn't do any of that stuff. So we've, yeah. we've done some seven on seven stuff with them and it's, uh, you can score points with it. It's pretty neat. Can you go over one of those drills, either the, the lasso drill or what was the other one? You yeah. About the, spot the, drill, the, the you settle and diamond, which I think is really unique is, and I, and I picked up another way, I, another guy that's a disciple that played for Gary Goff and then coach with him. So, and he's now at East Tennessee state as the um, offensive coordinator. And he, the guy who was at uh, Slippery Rock the last three years. So what you do on the, the settle and diamond drill is you're, you ha- you're about eight yards. It's an eight-yard distance. You can have a center snap it to the quarterback or the quarterback just self-snaps it in the gun. Or when they first put this in, it was, of course, under center. So the quarterback gets back, and then you can teach your guy, like I may say, okay, or today we're going to do – uh, we're doing Y and Z shall. So while they're while the receivers are getting their steps, the quarterback, I make them yell it out. So I'll, you'll hear him go hot, shall, dig, right. shoot. And you're like, what the hell is he saying? You know, but he's doing that so he practices the the sequence of reading the coverage stuff. And so when we run the play, uh, when we run the drill, I'm sorry. So the 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 receiver, it's a half speed drill. He work, they work on high knees, so they're, they actually – but there's a defender first. So they have to restack the defender. So they do a quick move. They restack the defender, and they, you know, they're staying tight right on the line because we do this on the, line, on the uh, sideline. And then they'll, they'll high knee, high knee. They get down to the cone. They'll stick their foot in the ground. I tell them just like the Madden bubble in the video yeah, games. Yeah. And kids understand that. So I said, you got to stay within the Madden bubble or they'll overstride. So they stick their foot in the ground. They go back the other way, and then the quarterback will have to throw the, the receiver open. So they come back down the line, and then they turn their chest numbers to the quarterback. And I tell them, okay, if the defender is the right cone, who's where's the receiver? Which cone is he closer? Well, coach, he's closer to the right one. Okay, great. Then we're going to throw it on the left side and vice versa. So it teaches your quarterback ball placement. And then the, the receiver, after they catch it, then they we talk about having a tight turn puts his foot in the ground, drives the other elbow, and gets north-south, like, up the field. And if they're not doing it, I am all over them. The other thing they have to do is they have to show the diamond shape with their hands. And I tell the quarterbacks, don't throw it. If they don't give you the target, don't throw the ball. So they get in the habit of showing the hands. And I also have them creep back to the quarterback. So that would be like – that would be a settle-and-diamond solo. Now, a settle-and-diamond duel or doubles – is you, like say I do the release around you, coach, and then now what I do is I have the defender now be a pain in the neck. He's like pulling at the kid's arm. You know, he's trying oh, out these or trying it. So, and I thought this was brilliant. This wasn't mine. This is what I got from the Slippery Rock OC. Okay. So then they come through and he's there. He's like a, he hassles him. I said be a pain in the butt the whole way through. And then when the receiver then comes back to the quarterback to throw. Now you have a contested catch because I have the defensive back also come back towards the quarterback. I told him, don't interfere with the ball, but the quarterback has to throw a perfect throw because he's got a defender right there. And now the receiver has to have a contested catch because he's got a harassment guy there the whole time. So he's dealing with it when he's like doing his steps and when he's working his way back to the quarterback and it is the best thing I've ever seen. So that drill, you could take an average receiver in terms of average skill set with his hands and, and turn him into a, a above average to an excellent receiver 
if you do that every day just because of the concentration level, sticking the foot in the ground, catching the ball, getting up the field north-south, like all those things that you want as a coach that may sound like lip service. But no, if, if you practice it, it becomes habit, and they have to do it. The A lot of the stuff you're saying is like um, you use a lot of uh, very detailed terms. And, and the cool thing is, like you said, with the with the air raid and you got your disciple and and it's all the same drills but the drills are really um they really they they go from practice and they they're game like and they yeah <laughs> you know so you're practicing what you preach or you're I guess you're preaching what you're practicing whatever that is and and it, it's it good has stuff to be too, yeah coach because yeah. if they don't if they're not showing up on film, those drills you're doing, what the heck are you doing them for? Like, that's the one thing I've tried to learn over the years. Like, and I tell the guys, the coach, don't do a drill because yeah. it looks cool. <laughs> you know, what is, yeah. is it showing up on film? Yeah. Are we making that catch right. in traffic? Right. Are you, you know, are you getting up the field with like, you know, the tight turn and I'll yell tight turn, tight turn. And then, you know, little things like this, this may sound stupid, but we'll say, is it cloudy? Well, just like right now, I'm looking out my window. It's clear. It's sunny. It's a clear day. So that's a clear read. But I said, what happens when it's cloudy? Well, it's overcast and you can't see. So any coverage, like for the quarterback, is it clear or cloudy? It's cloudy. We don't throw when it's cloudy because it's a bad, you know, nothing yeah. good can come out of yeah. that usually. Right. So like those little simple terms, but yet it wouldn't matter what offense you were in. Right. You know, if right. you were throwing a ball, it, right. it does apply, which yeah. that's what makes it really unique. Yeah. Well, Coach, this was very – I learned a lot here with this, and, and uh, I think a lot of coaches listening to this are going to learn some stuff. So I appreciate you coming on and talking to us today. Well, thank you. I, I just love the air raid stuff because, like I said, it's exciting. You don't want to be bored learning something new. I just don't like to be bored. And and this is – if you see the success that you can have with it, um, you know, it, it's pretty neat. So, I'm, you know, I, I do know one thing, though. It forces your quarterback to learn concepts, and that's even better if they don't even know coverage because concepts can – can teach any young guy to be really successful. Right. And that that's all, you know, it's all we hope for as a coach. Well, coach, I'll let you go here and I appreciate you doing this for us. Uh, maybe we can get you back on here sometime in the future and talk a little bit more football. This was great. Well, I appreciate it coach very much. And like I said, thank you for having me on. I appreciate not having to get on last night because I wanted to watch the draft and that was pretty <laughs> exciting. So it's awesome watching those highlights. It's, I mean, it's well, just... it's neat. And Kenny Pickett was one of our quarterbacks. Okay. I help out Jim Catafio a lot. So Kenny came to us as a seventh grader from Lacey Township in New Jersey. And he wasn't tall. I never thought Kenny would be more than a division three quarterback. And then between his sophomore and junior year, he grew like four inches. So he was like six, two. Uh, but just a worker and a grinder, did, always twirl, did the man. right stuff. And what a cool thing last night yep. for him to be first-round draft pick in Pittsburgh. That's so, awesome. you know, good things happen to good people that work really hard. And, and I'm just really happy for that guy. And just I've been watching all the players that, you know, excel and um, the great character guys that are out there in the world that, you know, get the opportunity to play at the highest level. That's pretty special. That's awesome. Well, thanks again, Coach, and, and have yourself a good uh, night and a good weekend, man. Okay, appreciate it. You do the same. Look for clear. (laughs) Talk to you later. All right. See you.